and I'll go smoother. But we're looking First John. Uh, we'll we'll just read verse number four again. First John chapter number five. Look in verse number four one more time, and uh, we'll probably read that as, as we continue through this, this chapter of this book. We'll probably read that verse each time. The Bible says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. And verse number five will be, verse four and five will be our text this week. Who is he that overcometh the world? but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, last week we solidified in our minds and our hearts the foundations of our faith. We realized that to, we're overcomers and we have victory over the world. We have victory over death, hell, and the grave through Christ. We understand that that is rooted and grounded in our faith in him, our belief in him. When we trust in him, we are offered the opportunity to live forever, to live eternally, to live with him. So we looked at the foundations of our faith, but in our second week, in our second part of our series in overcoming, I want to preach to you this morning, understanding our victory, understanding our victory. Let us pray and then we'll, uh, we'll get right into the message. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this day, this wonderful day. Lord, we thank you for the sunshine um, and we do thank you for the rain. Uh, that we've had. Lord, we just pray that you would just bless us. We pray that you'd help us. Uh, we pray, God, that you would fill us with your spirit. I pray that all in all we would do, we would do it to your glory. God, I pray that all we would do would point others to you and your son, Jesus. We know that we are overcomers of this world and anything that it can throw at us, but God, we know that that doesn't mean that we're not going to face difficult times. God, I pray that you would just help us to walk through each day strengthened to know that we have victory in you and your son Jesus. He paid it all on the cross of Calvary. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. So as I was thinking and studying this week and concerning our victory, I actually didn't even, I kind of had moved past these verses until my study last night. And as I was looking and thinking there, I was considering the thought of victory and how we have victory. We know that this scripture teaches that. It teaches that we have victory forever. We have victory through Christ. We, have, we, can, we overcome the world. But I want us to think for just a moment about our victory. There's a few things I'd love to bring up to you that we need to consider uh, concerning our victory. So first I'd like us to think about how we have eternal victory through Christ, but there is still a battle to fight. And so just because we've, we know we've overcome the world, we know that we're going to get out of this thing uh, untouched. We know that we're going to survive. We know that when we die that our eternal being is going to be with the Lord Jesus forever. But that does not mean that we will not walk through this world. And, and well, so I'll say it like this. Just because we have victory doesn't mean we will walk through this world without trial. Doesn't mean that we're going to just everything's going to be hunky-dory, bed of roses. If it is, we might want to take a second and step back and, and look at where we're at. Because in the times that I found that I'm having just the, the, the best old time and the devil ain't bothering me and things are going great, oh, I'm just doing so good, start feeling good about myself and things that I'm doing, those are the times that I realize maybe I'm not where I need to be. The devil has me right where he wants me. When I'm content with everything, when I'm feeling good about everything, maybe I'm exactly where he wants me to be. 
And so it's those times of battle. It's those times of difficulty. And you find, especially when you talk to people who are new Christians, you find that there is kind of that, uh, what people would call kind of a honeymoon phase. Just, uh, you know, you get married and people tell you, you there's a honeymoon phase. And I know we got some newlyweds in here. And that's, that's true. You've got a period of time where, oh, man, it's just roses and it's just beautiful and everything's great. And I want to encourage you, uh, the newlyweds, to, to think about that, uh, that period of time and enjoy that time. But then you have times like I had last night where Shelby forgot to take her water bottle out of the bed and I woke up covered in water uh, about 11, 12 o'clock this morning. And so you have those times and that's a little bit harder to just be all, honey, I love you. You didn't mean to do that. I'll be honest with you. I had to get up and change my britches. I got soaked and that made me mad because I was trying to sleep. But I tell you, that's just part of life. That's th those things are going to happen. And in your Christian life and in your walk, you've got this period of time where the devil, he can't get to you. He can't touch you because there's been so many people praying for you. There's been a regeneration in your soul. God's moved in and he's changed your life. And, you, and the devil can't even get to you if he wanted to. But like old Job, I think about our friend Job and what he experienced upon this earth. The devil could touch everything he had except for his soul. And eventually it gets to that point where we start to see this world is still around us. We're still walking on the earth. We're still breathing the air. Everybody else is breathing. It's not hunky-dory all the time. There's going to be difficulty, and it's important to understand about our victory that there is still a battle to fight. Satan is still there wanting to get us off track. He's still there wanting to, to distract us and distract our minds. Papa was uh, referring to that uh, scripture in 2 Corinthians recently about taking into captivity. All, and I'm paraphrasing all of our thoughts and, and take and controlling, trying to control and filter out the things that go into our mind to stop our bad thoughts. And we can't always do that. But I tell you what, if we make an effort to try, you will realize that there are more forces against you than you would even believe. When you start actually taking into account and saying, oh man, I shouldn't have said that or I shouldn't have thought that or I shouldn't have done that, you will realize that the devil and his devices, they are after you more and more the closer and closer you get to the Lord. And that's a crazy thing to think is you think, well, I'm protected by God. I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm this or I'm that. I go to church. That, that is more, you are more of, of, a, of a target for Satan because he wants to see you fall. He wants you to do something that could bring reproach and, uh, on the name of the Lord to somebody out in the community. Oh, he would love the fact that, that uh, oh, the preacher, I saw him out down doing something wrong or I heard him say something wrong. Satan would love that because it could hinder the growth of this church. If Satan could, could get something out there in someone's mind, and it happens. And there's, there's lies that are told that will come against you. People will say stuff, and they've done it about me. They've said things that are, that are not true, and I'll just be honest with you. If I hear somebody says something that's not true about me, I have no problem going and talking to them about it. Hey, where'd you get this from? I imagine they probably pulled it out of their hat from somewhere, but I, you go and talk to them, and you say, where'd you get this from? And you realize real quickly, they're just a device of the devil. They can't even explain to you why they did it. They just like to stir the pot. You ever know anybody like that? They just like to get stuff started. We like to say something about somebody down the road. We like to say something about the, the, somebody at the church house. They, there's people that thrive upon those things. They're just devices of the devil. They're just part of the battle that will fight. Sometimes you will do something wrong. 
and you'll do something wrong in front of somebody that you wish that you'd never even been around because they're the type of people. They'll go let everybody know you say a bad thing. And you say, listen, please forgive me. Just try genuinely. One time we were, uh, we went to a, uh, I was going to a, a, a gun, what it was, a concealed carry class. And uh, the guy that I was with, uh, the, the pistol like fell out of the car as we were getting out of the car and it was pointing right at me and I, I said something I shouldn't have said. I was like, listen, please forgive me. And I was trying to negotiate with him. I was like, understand that there was a gun pointed at my head when I said what I said. But you know, I had to say that. Listen, I, hey, that was a natural reaction to what happened. Please forgive me for that. And I hadn't heard another thing from it. Now, if I had done that, I think intentionally and made a habit of doing something like that, I think that there might have been a little bit more cause for concern. But there are some people, if you do that in front of them, and you say, listen, even if you say, please forgive me, God forgive me, that was wrong, I shouldn't have said that, or I shouldn't have acted that way, shouldn't have done that, they will take that, and they, they, if they could get it on the front page of every news outlet out there, they would. Because they want to know, oh, so-and-so, they said a bad word. Oh, so-and-so, they done something wrong. They got mad, they threw something, they done something, they stormed off. That People thrive on that. Those are just devices of the devil's, uh, the devices of Satan in the battle that we're fighting. As we're facing this battle, there are lies. There are things that, that people see that we do wrong, that they that regardless of what we try to do, it comes out. Hey, we got to own up to it. we got to walk on. All the, uh, you see all the political stuff. Oh, well, so-and-so did this or so-and-so did that. I tell you, everybody's wicked. We're all human. Everybody's done something wrong. And they try to point out things about the other. Both sides do it. Uh, third side comes in and does it. And I tell you, it's just crazy how quickly people get to where I know all this stuff. And I'll tell you, if they can get it on the on WLOS, they will. If they can get it on Fox, they will. If they can get it on CNN, they will. Some way to, to put someone down. And that's just the, the, what, dev, what the devil wants to do. Because in that atmosphere, in, that, in those actions going on, things can't grow. Satan wants to prevent us. See, here's the thing. Satan wants to prevent us from growing. You say, well, I'm saved and I'm going to be all right. I'm going to get out of this thing. I'm going to go to heaven. Everything's going to be great. And that's true. But there's a time in between that is still vital. There's a time in between that is still important. And it is important that we live today like we have victory, like we will live when we die and have victory. You say, well, I, you know, I, I try my best. I do right. I treat people right. Well, good. I'm glad you do. But inside of yourself, that's really the big thing. We are great at what we present out, what we put out. We do a good job of letting the right things come out. We do a great job of saying the right thing or doing the right thing. Everybody's guilty of it. We know what people want to hear. We know what the world wants to hear. We know what to sound like at church. We know what to sound like in the community. But on the inside, I've been fighting a battle recently, spiritually, that is just, it, it, it's been a difficult battle to fight. But none of y'all, I would venture to say, know much about that or know what that is because I haven't said anything to anybody. But it's been a constant battle in my life for the past at least two or three months. You have those same things too. You have those difficulties too. And while everybody thinks you're all right and everything looks good and you're just smiling and everything's great and the world just is a, is a beautiful place and you're living in Candyland, on the inside you're eat up. We have victory through Christ. We've got to live like it. Say, so, well, I don't know how to live like it. I don't know, you know, on the inside. I don't, I don't care anymore. I don't care anymore what everybody thinks. 
I just care whether or not I point them to the right place. I don't care if they think I got money. I don't care if they think I got fame or whatever else. I don't need none of that mess. I don't care if they know who I am. But what I care about is do I truly reflect him? And that's part of the battle. It's making and molding ourselves into someone that truly reflects him. Well, how do I fight that battle? We must face the day-to-day battle with faith. That verse 4, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? It is our faith that is one of our greatest weapons, and it is a misused and underused tool in everybody's tool belt because I tell you, how many people do you talk to and you talk to about their situation? Well, we were listening, I don't know, uh, I know, well, Britton knows what I'm talking about, old Red Savine, old trucking songs, Teddy Bear. Remember that old trucking song? We were listening to that old song the other night, me and my dad, and I was like, man, they knew how to write some sad songs back in the day. And you know, the poor kid, he's he can't get out and his dad died and his mom's not around any, any and I mean, it's just a sob story. His dog died. I don't know. I can't remember if his dog died, but it is just the worst situation you've ever heard. And I'm like, good grief, they knew how to write some tearjerkers back in the day. They don't do that anymore. But, uh, but you know, you listen to, I listened to that, that song. I was like, good grief, how sad of a story can, can, they, can someone present? You know, how many people do you talk to and they've faced something yesterday? And that, well, you know, I got up this morning and, it just rained only at my house, and my dog died, and my truck wouldn't start. And you know, you talk to people, and it's like they're defeated before they even get started. I mean, good grief! Come on, we've got victory. We have overcome this world through Jesus Christ. What a blessing that is that we have the ability to walk day to day with the faith that Christ came literally. He came to this earth. He lived a perfect life. He was nailed to a cross, nailed to a tree, and died a death that was was deserved. We deserved. He didn't deserve. And on the third day, he got up. He walked out of that grave, literally, physically. He appeared to to his children. They didn't didn't know who he was, but they spoke their name, and they knew exactly who he was. That's the Savior that we serve. That's our Redeemer. That's the overcomer of death, hell, and the grave. That is the source of our victory. And so when I get up in the morning and it's only raining on my, at my house, literally, you can, my dad, they call my, where my mom and dad live, they call it, they joke and call it dry ridge over there because I can get in my truck and I kid you not, I'll drive down the road and there will be a line in the road where the rain stops right down the road from my parents' house. Literally. Just like I'll get rain and I'll call and I'm like, well, I'm inside now. I'm, it's, it's raining and dad's like, well, I wish it rain here. It's just, it just, that's the way it works. I get up that morning and that's just like, I, it's only raining on me. It's a bad day for me. I'm walking in puddles. This is the most toughest time I've ever faced. This is the saddest thing that's ever happened to me. And what it is, is probably somebody said something a little, little harsh to me and I got upset. Or maybe, maybe something happens and me and Shelby, we're at odds about something and I'm a little ill about it. Or maybe somebody does something on the road. I'm telling you, I get carnal on the road, driving down the road. Somebody does something, cuts you off, 
does something to you. It's the worst day in my life, but I have victory through him. I have victory in the rain. I have victory in the sunshine. I have victory in the difficult times. I think about what all my family's facing this year, going through, my, seeing my grandmother go through cancer. My grandfather and his health is, is not that great. D difficult times are arising. I got new stuff to worry about. I got new bills to pay. I got new things going on, but I have victory in him, and that doesn't change if I will just have faith, and I will bring that up every morning and renew that and refresh that and say, Lord, I don't care if it's raining. I don't care if it's hailing. I don't care what's going on. I don't care what gets flooded. I don't care what burns down. I am going to choose to have faith in you and let you walk me through this day. I'm going to let you get me to the end of this day. I'm going to let you take care of the situations. I'm going to let you build me up. I'm going to let you fill me up. And I don't care who you are, when you get a hold of that and you have that in your heart, in your life, and you walk through the day-to-day -day with the faith that God will get you to tomorrow, you will walk through victorious. Overcoming isn't just living your life, dying, and going to heaven. Think about old Noah. We just read about that. We know, we know that there's a good day coming for him. We know that there's a good day that was on the way. But God still had a work for him. He said, here, here he is, 500 some odd years old. I need you to build an ark. He just retired. He just got slowed down. He just finally, you know, stopped running around everywhere. He's just now starting... He, he should be enjoying his great, 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 great grandchildren, but now he, he's raising a family. There's proof right there that there's still a battle to face. He's out there preaching to people that don't listen to him. And we talked about that. You think about tell, telling and talking to someone about the Lord and they just don't listen. I'm talking like just, just hit a rock wall. They don't want to hear it. They don't care. Or they act like they care and you can see that it's just this they're just trying to satisfy you. There's battles to face. If there wasn't, why wouldn't he just go ahead and take us to heaven when we die or when, when we get saved? There's still battles to face. But I think about this scripture back in 1 John chapter number 2. My little children, these things write unto you, verse number 1, that ye sin not, and if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is the propitiation of our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Our victor, our overcomer, our redeemer, our savior, has the power not only to get me through, but you through, and people through for years and years and years gone by, and years and years and years to come. Remember one time when I was a kid, Jehovah's Witness came to our house. And I don't know why, because our driveway is half a mile long. I don't understand it, but they are brave. And they came to our house, and I, I tell you what, I respect their diligence to go and talk to people. And even if someone comes to the door with a shotgun, they're going to they're gonna say, hey, can I, can I share with you what I got? Hey, I, I respect that. I don't, know, I don't agree with a lot of what they say, but I respect the diligence. But they came to the house, and they were talking, and my dad Gave him a second to talk what they what they had to say, and he said, "If I let you share what you've got, you've got to let me share what I what I what I believe and what I feel." So they did, and they got on their their thing about how they believe only 144,000 people can be saved and whatever else, and uh, and that was paraphrasing. I was probably eight years old, so I don't completely remember. But that was this person's belief is that there was only appointed 144,000 people could be saved, and I believe they probably take that from the Book of Revelation. And so my dad said, 
He said, all right, let me tell you this. Think about how many people have lived in history. Think about how many people are living now on this earth and how many people are being born right now. And you mean to tell me that you and your entire family, with all the people that have lived, all the people that are living, all the people that are being born, that you and your family conveniently and all their friends' family and everybody they go to church with are part of that 144,000. And so that really stumped this guy, and he just didn't know what to believe. The moral of that little, little tidbit is the fact that God has the power. He has appointed the power to save anyone that wants to be saved. He has offered that opportunity. He doesn't have a limit on it. He ha doesn't have a number on it. He will call on each and every person at some point in time, and we get an opportunity to be saved. Well, I grew up in church, so I, it was a little more natural for me. Hey, that's that may be the case, but so I'll tell you what. You may grow up in church, but it's a hard thing to get up and walk out of that aisle. It's a hard. I've listened to preaching my entire life. Hey, it's a difficult thing, but it's, it's, a, it's an easy thing to want to be saved, but it's sometimes a hard thing to humble yourself to go to mom and go to dad and go to grandma and grandpa and say, hey, tell me about Jesus. Tell me about how to be saved. Well, I'm 50 years old. That's probably some of the harder times to do it. Or I'm 60 years old or I'm 70 years old. You get, you get in, in your ways. That's just what happens. I already see myself at 24 getting stuck in my ways. I just come from that kind of bloodline. But, but it is easy to happen. The older we get, the more we have, the more we do, the more we go. We get stuck in our ways. But he is the propitiation of our sin. And there ain't a number on it. There ain't a specific date on it. There ain't anything on it that limits Jesus. He is able to come and save anyone. Why would I not have faith in a victor like that? When, I have, when I'm able to overcome, when I'm able to be redeemed, when I'm able to go forward in him, when I walk through this day-to-day -day life, when I walk through this battle, why not have faith in him? There's, a, there's still a battle to fight. We must face the day-to-day -day battle with faith. Don't let people tell you that, well, God's done working. And I tell you, it's a dark time. It feels like a dark time. It feels like a difficult time. This world just, it, I tell you, it's closer and closer to him coming back. It is. But God, he's not done. He's not done until he says he's done. Like old Noah, I think, why would God have sent him out to preach if God wasn't wanting to give a chance, wasn't wanting to give an opportunity. And God knew that those people would not listen to Noah. But that's a picture right there in the fact that it's still important. Even though we, we and, I, and I said last week, and I thought about this, is, and I'm going to go back and read it and, and read it one more time. Faithful followers of Christ are lovers of his children because they know that God can and will change anyone. He has the power to. He has the ability to. He has the want to. Why else would God have sent Noah? He knew that those people wouldn't turn to him. But it's not Noah's choice to decide. But we must walk through this day face, face to face with this world, whatever it may be, with faith that Christ will get us through. If any man, may, if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And hereby, we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. That's another thing that he brought up back there 
in chapter 5 and verse number 2. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. I'm having a hard time having faith right now. Live like Jesus. That will build your faith. Faith is a, something that we're, we're choosing to have. It's something that, it's, it's, it's a, also a tank that we fill up or we let out. I tell you, there's been times that I drive, drive down the road and I feel like there's a, you know, you ever see uh, something's leaking out of a truck or a car or something, and you can tell there's a strip down the road of whatever liquid it is. Have you ever got home and you can look back at the road and you can see your faith leaked all the way down the road back wherever you came from? I feel like that's the case for me sometimes. Now it's empty. I, don't, I, I can't even get started back up. Live like him. We're known... It's evident we love God if we keep his commandments. If you can't get your faith where it needs to be, just try to live according to the principles of this Bible and you'll find faith you didn't know you had. He'll fill it back up. He'll patch the holes. You'll get back going. There won't be any leaks that way. And, and I'm not going to say that it's not going to get back to the point. That's, this is what happens. I feel like people get saved and, and preachers tell them everything's going to be great. You're going to make a lot of money. You're going to do all this. You're going to do that. You're going to get all these blessings, and you're never going to have trouble in your life. And the first time somebody in their family dies, well, that preacher told me that everything is going to be okay. I mean, what do you expect? This world continues to turn regardless of if I'm saved, if you're saved, you can you can you could choose not to live for him, not to be saved. You could choose not to be a part of his family. The world's still going to turn as long God, as God lets it, right. as we read there in Genesis. Mm-hmm. After Noah, he said the the days will come, the nights will come, right. the sunshine, the rain, those things will come. He set that back into existence. Right. Tell people everything's going to be fine. You're going to be all right. There's not going to be any problems. And they lose their job. I ain't ever going back to the church again. Hey, I don't blame them. Go in, somebody tell me that nothing's going to ever happen bad to me. It rains on the just and the unjust. The parable of the man that built his house upon rock, the man that built his house upon sand, if you notice that storm, that storm came to both of those men's houses. I live up on the hill. I won't have a, the flood won't touch me. You know, God controls lightning and thunder as well. I live down by the water. Fire, that won't bother me. I've never seen a river jump up and try to extinguish a fire. We've got to be careful about how arrogantly we live. But also realizing that while we build ourselves up, the devil, he loves that. He wants to cut us down. He wants to see us fall. We must walk day to day with faith in him. Victory over this world means that we know that we will get out untouched, but that does not mean that we will walk on this earth untouched. Like Job, I mean, he lost everything he had. I think about him, one of the richest men you'd ever read about. Satan was able to get in there and take all that away. You know, if you think about all we have, we are blessed more than any... any people on this earth now who live in the greatest country who've had some of the greatest opportunities to do so many things. Do you think about our folks years ago that came to this country and settled this land years and years ago? You had to 
you had to be rough and tough to come up these mountains. But our people did it. They, they knew they could handle it. They had faced hard times. We haven't had to worry about that. And each generation, it gets easier and easier. I think about stories I hear about my grandfather, my dad's dad when he was growing up. He was buy, buying his own clothes when he was 12, 13, 14 years old. Started working on a dairy farm at that age, his uncle's dairy farm. 17, he went to the Marines. That was about the best thing he could find to do. Drove a truck for many, many years. Farmed, worked his tail off to have everything he had, just to, to the bone. And it got easier for my dad, and it's got really easy for me. Man, I can let that slip away in just an instant if I'm not careful. I, realize, I need to realize that there were battles that were fought before I was even born to get me where I am today. I need to realize that there was da battles that my dad and my uncle and my mom, my aunt, those people, that, that generation, they had to fight to get me where I am today. That was a generation of success. People were just, it was just a different generation. Here I am today. Got every opportunity in the world. I've never had to want for anything. Those times when I was a kid where my mom wasn't doing so well and dad had to cook for us and all we ate was soup, tomato soup or potato soup. I can't hardly do potato soup anymore. Dad asked me to pray and I was probably eight or nine years old and I said, Lord, thank you for soup again. <laughs> but you know, if we have to do it, the same thing every day. We're doing better than the generations before us, and we're certainly those that are lost that won't turn to him. We are doing so much better than the alternative. We could die and go to hell. Gosh, so easily. That time that God was knocking on your door, think about you if you hadn't stepped out on faith. Sorry, I had to chase that rabbit for a minute, but... We must face day-to-day, -day, I'm, I'm almost done. We must face the day-to-day -day battle with faith. We must face each day reminded of the source of our victory. Verse number five, who is he that overcometh the world but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? As it gets easier and easier for generations to come. The saying goes, and I'm going to try to say this right, hard times create good times. Or hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. Weak men create hard times. Do we not see this progression as things are getting easier and easier? We're getting so much easier to just go and do. And I'm telling you, people are so deceived these days on how things happen. And they think that just money grows on trees and everything grows on trees and well, they think it all just grows at the grocery store now. It used to be on trees, but we don't even think like that anymore. We're just so privileged that it's just, it just happens. It just poof. There it all is. We are never, we are, we're never seen a time where it's been easier to lose all the progress that we've got. But I tell you what, church, if we don't get a grip right now, we've got people in influential positions wherever that may be, in schools and community, government, whatever that is, we've got people in influential positions. They don't have the same convictions you do for the Lord. We might disagree on something, but when it comes down to our faith, if we believe we're on the same page there, 
I'll work with you. We're not seeing that. That's going away. If there's ever been a time to fight, to stand up, I'm not talking about politics. I'm not talking about policies, this or that. I'm talking about for the church to stand up and fight. It is now. Because we, we, we can see so evidently how so many young people are influenced to go any old direction, do anything. Grandma, it worked for Grandma and Grandpa, but you know, they lived in those, those old days where it was tough, where it was hard, things were difficult. Look at, you've got this huge opportunity, take it. It seems like the world presents sin as just this, another opportunity to, these, to young people. And we've never seen a generation of people so influenced by social media, I was thinking just the other day, it's amazing all the stuff that gets put in front of our faces, especially our younger people that spend a lot of time using their phones and things. Devil, he, he has got nonstop advertisement out there. We've got to remember who the source of our victory is. It's Jesus. We've got to turn people to him. You may not have to do what grandma and grandpa did. You may not have to work like mom and dad did, but the faith that got them through, you're going to need that too because we're seeing some dark times. We should have the easiest time just surviving and living ever, but that's not the case right this moment. We're in uncertain days. I don't know what's going to come around the next corner. I don't know what's going to come tomorrow. I don't know what's going to come in a year, and it's never been that way, but we're in a day where we don't rely on one another like people used to. What's coming tomorrow? Whatever it is, Jesus will fight the battle for us. There's an old song called Faith is a Victory by John Yates. I believe it was written in the 1800s, but one of the verses says, Encamped along the hills of light, ye Christian soldiers rise, and press the battle ere the night shall veil the glowing skies. Against the foe and veils below, let all our strength be hurled. Faith is a victory we know that overcomes the world. Never heard that song sung, and I definitely wasn't going to try to sing it. But I thought about that. That last part, faith is a victory we know that overcomes the world. That's referring to this verse. And that song we sang this morning, God holds the future in his hands. Dread not the things that are ahead. The burdens great, the sinking sands, the thorns that over the path are spread. God holds the future in his hands. We know not what tomorrow hides of sun or storm, or good or ill. We only know his dear hand guides, and he will be our father still. His hand created earth and sky, the zephyrs and the storms that rage. And years to come and years gone by, to him are but an open page. Live close to him and trust his love, assured that while on earth we roam, whatever may come, he bends above, to guide his children safely home. We have the victory. We're overcoming over the world. He holds the future in his hands. Faith is that key. And like I said, I, well, I just, I'm having a hard time with faith. I'm on E right now with faith. Live like him. See what he does. I don't, I may... You may not get instant faith results like you've ever believed. I'm not selling some product here. But over time of repetitive walking like him, praying, studying his word, you'll find that he'll fill those tanks up.
understanding our victory. There's still going to be battles on this earth to fight. Let's walk through those day by day by day with faith that he'll bring us through. And be reminded of the source of our victory. I heard of a story one time. Some missionaries in Mexico. I'm going to tell you one of these. I'm going to tell you a teddy bear story. This is, to my knowledge, a true, true story. Some missionaries in Mexico and a drug cartel had set up a roadblock. And they were... In each of these peoples, they, they don't play around down there. I don't guess people pack like they do here either, but they don't play around. Those drug cartels, they run the show. And that missionary family, they were from somewhere in the southeast. They were listening to a song, I believe it's by the Rochesters, He Knows My Name, in their car. And actually, yeah, it was, I, I think it was one of the Rochesters that told this story that I heard. And the cartels began executing the people in the vehicles in front of them and behind their van in Mexico. And the driver became a, became a firefight between the police and the cartel. And the driver, the missionary, he got his family out very quickly and got them into a ditch beside the road. And that song, He Knows My Name, said he didn't know how it happened, didn't know, he didn't set it this way, but that song played on repeat. He knows my name. Every breath that I take, every move that I make, every tear that I cry, he knows my name. And in that ditch, in the middle of a firefight in a country that they weren't born in, those missionaries felt the Lord move in a battle in their life. And I'll tell you that to stir an emotion. I tell you that because in our battles, he knows our name. He knows who we are. He knows what you're going through. And as I said recently, what you're going through is the biggest thing to you because it's yours. What I'm going through is the biggest thing to me because it's mine. That's okay. Sometimes we put things aside. Well, ah, you know, I, it's not that big of a deal. I tell you what, we got to deal with things as they come up. If we let them sit, they'll become a problem. And devil will be able to use those against us. Sometimes we're in a ditch on a roadside and we have to be reminded that he knows who we are. But even on the mountaintop, we need to remember the source of our victory, and that's Jesus. Does anyone have anything at all?